All right, we're going to finish up my part on faith to live in. This is part eight. We have talked about different things about faith, different uh, misconceptions, maybe things that we just needed to, to have a better understanding of or to help people have a better understanding of, even if you have it. And we're pretty much going to stay in one passage tonight. And so you can turn to Mark 11. Mark 11 has so many important things in it about learning to walk in faith. Faith is, it's not just believing. It's, it's, it's how we receive. You know, we, when we pray about something, some people are just hoping. Hoping that, that God will just plop that thing right in your lap just hoping that it happens but faith is how we we get what God's provided for us it's by believing and and receiving and so tonight we'll talk a lot about receiving and I have a sheet up here for those of you who need it or Tanya will get it uh, to you if you need it uh, if she needs to post it or if, she, if you need her to email it to you because I think I only made like 25 uh, because most of the time y'all don't pick the notes up when I have them up here, so I've stopped running quite as many. But if you want it, we can go get you some more. They're on the corner of this table, so afterwards you can pick it up if you need to. It's just about the receiving and manifestation part of tonight's message. It's not the whole thing of notes. So in Mark 11, and I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple, and when he had looked around about upon all things observed what was going on. And now the eventide was come, and he went out unto Bethany with the twelve, with the twelve disciples, his followers, the ones he's teaching. uh, They were going with him. And it says, verse 12, On the morrow, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Verse 13 says, And he saw a fig tree afar off having leaves, He came, if happily he might find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now, a lot of times there's questions here about why, if it wasn't the time of figs yet, why was Jesus, why is he going to curse this fig tree? Just for your future study, If you'll look at the verses above when he went into Jerusalem to the temple and he observed what was happening there, all of this ties into that because they looked like they had something. Their religion looked like it had fruit. It did not. And in the middle of this story, he goes into the temple and clears it out. You remember that when he he forms the whip and he clears out the temple? So all of this is tied into that, but that's not the part we're concentrating on tonight. So we'll kind of skip that part when we get to it and stick with our study on how to receive from God by faith. So seeing the fig tree, he came to it. There was nothing on it but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered. I I don't know why that just stands out to me. He saw that it didn't have fruit, and he answered, and he said unto it. 
Now, this is real important to understand in the life of faith. When we have something that we have authority over, and that's a whole other study. We may go into that next, the authority of the believer. Jesus gave, I mean, God gave authority to mankind in Genesis, and he never took it back. And so there are things that we have authority. We can speak to. He didn't stop right here and pray to God for God to curse the fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree. So I speak to my body. I have authority. God gave me authority over my body. My body is my servant and God's servant. And so if, you know, if you're having issues in your body, that is something that you can speak to. Of course you can pray to God about it. You can talk to God about it. You can ask him what, you know, I know sometimes he'll give you something that you need to be speaking over your body. He may even give you a, a nutritional tidbit like, hey, I think it was Cindy talking about the other night how God had her eating carrots and, and how it cleared up an issue in her body because it was something her body needed. God can give you information. I'm not telling you not to talk to God about it. But Jesus said to the fig tree. And I know sometimes we feel silly talking to things. Jesus talked to the tree. And he said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter, Forever, And his disciples heard it. That's another important thing. Because a lot of people think we can just think. Silent prayer. I consider silent prayer to be meditation. Which is godly. And the scripture talks about it. That we're to meditate on things. That we're to mutter it and we're to uh, roll it around in our thoughts. And, and I consider silent prayer to be meditation. There is something God gave us. There is an authority that he gave us that is activated. It's voice activated. When we say something, it sets our will. I can think a lot of things. And there's a lot of things that I think that I don't want. But when I start saying things, it puts the will into motion for that to start happening. If I, if I look over across from Rusty and say, I'm fixing to go get ice cream. <laughs> I'm fixing to go work out. No, no amen there. I'm fixing to go work out. You know what I'm doing? I... There's something about saying it that puts me into motion. It's the way we're created. It's the way we were created. Our words are very powerful. And we taught on words, I think on a Sunday morning not long ago, when we were talking about our words and our mind, our mouth and our mind. Jesus said, that's audible. He said to it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter. And his disciples it wasn't like, you know, in the movies when Jesus looks at the fig tree. And it. And it's not going to work that way for us either. He used what God created. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And light was. Even God functions this way. You're made in his image and after his likeness. Use your 
words. Don't use them towards what you fear. Jesus didn't say to the tree, you're just never going to produce anything, are you? He wanted it to wither up. Now, like I said, I believe this is prophetic of the, of, of the religion that was going out of play and Jesus being the fruit-bearing Christianity. I, I, I believe this is all prophetic. But at the same time, in a practical way, he said to a tree. And he said what he wanted. So many times we get caught up in saying what we don't want. What we fear, what we feel, instead of saying what we desire. We'll talk about that more as we go deeper into this scripture. His disciples heard it. Now, we go into the whole uh, thing that happened at the temple. So skip down to verse 19. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. And it was dried up from the roots. This is... Oh, there's just so much meat in this passage. It was dried up from the roots. When Jesus spoke, the thing didn't just... Like we think it would when Jesus spoke. But when he spoke, something did start happening. It just didn't show yet. And this is important to know about faith. Because when we begin to speak what God's word says or what we've been given authority over. Speak about our homes, speak over our mates, speak over our children, speak over our bodies, uh, speak over that co-worker who's come to you for prayer. Just because you don't see something happen, <laughs> doesn't mean that when you spoke, something didn't start happening. It says that it dried up from... The roots. So for a while, it still looked like there hadn't been change. When they, when they walked away from the tree, they could see no change. And this is where we mess up. We don't let patience have her perfect work. And we start saying, well, that didn't work. I prayed about that, and that didn't work. I said that, and that didn't work. And you know what? You just dug up. What you planted. You just took back what you spoke in faith. And so if you say it and then you unsay it, it's like you never said it. In fact, it's almost worse because then you're disappointed and you think the word failed you when it didn't. It was working from the root. When you say something in faith, something from the scripture, okay, something that God gave you to speak, I'm not talking about just making something up, like you're going to win the lottery because it's four point something billion or something, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's, you can't use your faith for that. God didn't promise you that, okay? Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the, so it's got to be God provided for us to have faith for it or, or something he's given us authority over. And so... It's, it's important to leave what we've said in faith said. Leave it said and know that something's happening down under that ground. Something's happening. Something's working and not 
take back what we've said. The disciples believed when they saw, but Jesus believed when he spoke. Huge difference. Huge difference. So Peter, in verse 21, calling to remembrance, said to Jesus, Master, behold the fig tree which you cursed. It's withered away. (laughs) When did Peter believe it? When he saw it. And Jesus answered and said to him, today we would say, dude, or bro, (laughs) have faith in God. Your your little notes in your Bible, if you have one that has little things, it may say, have the faith of God. Mine says, have the faith of God down down in the side notes. Have the faith of God. Operate in faith like God. In other words, when you say something in accordance with his word or what he's given you authority over, you don't have to wait until you see it to believe it. Faith is believing it before we see it. I don't need faith when I see it. I need faith for what I cannot see, right? We covered Hebrews 11, I think that was last week. Have the faith of God. It's the way God designed us to function. It's the faith that his word provides. Verse 23 says, for verily. He's saying, surely. Surely I say unto you, that whosoever, don't you love that word? It's not that the perfect, it's not that the person uh, who, who does everything perfect. He says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, Oh, here we go. It's whosoever, but it's whosoever says, and it's whosoever keeps doubt out of their heart. Now, this is what we got to understand. <laughs> Doubt's going to come to your mind because that's the way the devil works. But just because a thought comes to your mind of, of unbelief, that uh, don't, mm, you know, all these thoughts start happening on, yeah, but I don't feel better and I prayed or, or that person hadn't got saved and I've been praying for them. You know, just because doubts come to your thoughts doesn't mean it's in your heart. The doubts are going to come to your mind. I think it was Kenneth Hagin that used to say, just because a, a bird flies over your head doesn't mean you have to let it nest in your hair. Thoughts are going to come through here, but what do you do with those thoughts? When thoughts of doubt come that this isn't going to happen the way the Word says it's going to happen, what do you do with those thoughts? How do you combat and keep a thought from getting from your head to your heart? You've got to come back with the Word. You've got to come back with God's Word. You've got to come back with what God said. You've got to keep speaking what you spoke. And I'm not talking about just making something up. I'm talking about according to the word of God and what he's given you authority over. Okay, this isn't wishful thinking. This isn't positive thinking, mind over matter. I'm talking about the word over the matter. There's a, there's a huge difference. I want to make sure we make that plain for the new ones. 
Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Doubt, when you look it up in the Strong's and the Vines and uh, the, other common, uh, the other Greek dictionaries, it means opposed to. So we have a thought of doubt. It is opposed to what God said. It means opposed to. It means to withdraw from. So if we let doubt go to our heart, we will withdraw from what we spoke in faith. And it means to hesitate. I thought that was interesting. Now granted, we're building faith. We're gaining in faith. And sometimes we say what the word says when we don't yet believe it. But we're working on getting it from our head to our heart. That's why we go ahead and say what the word says. Because we've chosen to believe that God's word is true. And so that's, that's a process. Um, very quickly, hold your place in Mark 11. Because we got, we got through verse 23. But hold your place there. And run over to James towards the back of the Bible. close to Hebrews if you can find Hebrews it's pretty big and go to chapter 1 of James because it gives us some insight about doubt are you there or close James 1 verse 5 it says if any of you lack wisdom he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does. That tells me that if, if we allow doubt to stay, and we don't combat it with the word, and we allow doubt to stay, we're moved by outward circumstances. We're moved by what our We talked about our senses a lot. I don't know, one of the services. I don't remember if it was Sunday morning or Wednesday night. We talked about the senses. He who has, he who, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. You believe when things are going right, you doubt when things are not. You believe when things are going right, you doubt when things are not. He says that's a person who has doubt, and, and they're driven. What they do is determined by outside circumstances and not by the word of God, not by faith. And he said, that's not how you receive. And so sometimes, you know, we look at God and we say, God, I prayed for this, and I, I didn't, it didn't happen. He's given us clues here on what we need to work on in order to walk in faith. And doubt has to be handled. and has, has to be removed. We can't be moved by circumstances. One of the first things Satan does, we learned this when we studied the parable of the sower, Satan comes immediately to steal the word that's in your heart. How does he do that? He makes it look like it's not working, so you pull it up. So you withdraw from it. You start speaking opposed to it. You hesitate. You start reasoning in your mind. 
All right, back to Mark 11. I'll give you a minute to get there. You, hopefully you stuck something there and can get there quickly. Mark 11, we got to verse 23. Verily I say to you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, to be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Don't doubt, but you choose to believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Whew. Y'all, I know this is good. It's easier said than done, but it's good. It's good to know that we're not left down here powerless. He, he has a plan, and that plan is for us to believe. Let's go back over this. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things, those things, those things. If you were under my dad when he pastored, you'll know that was a, we did that every time he read this verse. It's not just believing that this thing that you say will come to pass, but we got to get excellent to the point that we believe our own words. Add to your faith excellence. Add to your faith excellence, the scripture says. This takes diligence to stay after our mouth, that we would not oppose, withdraw from, or hesitate in our speaking in line with God's word and to speak in line with our flesh. We, we've got to believe that those things that we say will come to pass. Not just this thing you're praying for right now, but we've got to get to the point that we believe that what we say will come to pass. How many times do we say off-the-wall stuff? A lot. A lot. And, and we don't see the, the consequence of it. It's not like if I say that just burned me up that I'm fixing to ignite into a ball of flame up here. But I don't believe those words. And so my, my, I'm working on becoming diligent so that when I do say something that I do desire, I am to a point where I believe that I receive those things that I say. And if I don't want to receive it, I've got to learn not to say it. It's, I'm not saying this is easy, but I'm saying it's necessary. He will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Shall have. Something starts. Something's in the works. You shall have. You might not have it the minute you say it, but you shall have whatsoever you say. Dad had a great teaching called Don't Separate Your Saying from Your Praying. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times when we're talking to God, we're real careful about our words and, and we're, we're speaking his word over the situation. But then when we're talking to somebody in the Walmart line or somebody that we're beside at work or somebody in the house, then our words don't match what we prayed. Don't separate your saying from your praying. They should be the same. They should match up. Now, obviously, if you go to the doctor and you've been praying for, over your health, 
don't go in and tell the doctor, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, because then he's going to say, what are you doing here? You're there for him to tell you what's wrong, and then you speak over whatever he's told you, and you start speaking to that, that um, whatever's in the blood or whatever's in the chemicals, whatever, whatever you need to believe God for. So, you know, there's some, there's some sense that needs to be put in here, okay? You don't go into the banker to borrow money to tell him that you have an abundance and no lack. You've got to tell him the money you need to borrow, okay? And so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part here that you've got to use some, some sense on. You can be careful how you word it. I need to borrow this for a while, and I will get it paid back. There's a way you can say things that doesn't oppose your faith, and you can do that. Verse 24, therefore, because of what he said above, everything we've read, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Therefore, because of everything we've covered so far, I say to you, Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray. How many of us go to God and talk about what we don't desire or what we fear instead of talking about what we desire? Go to him with what you desire. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When do you receive them? When you pray. What? Let's go back. Let's look at that. This is called faith. When the scripture says the just shall live by faith, the believer shall live by faith, this is what he's talking about. This is what we're growing into. That we could receive what God has promised when we pray, not when we see it. Just like the fig tree. Jesus received that it was dried up from the root when he said it. The disciples had to see it. Which Christian am I? This is important. Let's, let's, let's see this. What those, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray, believe that you receive them. Brother Jim, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When you pray, we're not looking to see if the fig tree is drying up. We believed we received when we spoke. That's how Jesus functioned. That's what he did. He's asking us, that's why he gave us this example, to believe we receive when we pray. And you shall have. So we didn't have in the physical realm when we prayed, but we received it when we prayed. And this is where it gets really interesting. And I was watching uh, Nancy Dufresne, and I apologize because I think I've said her name wrong for a couple of weeks. And I, I made copies of, I modified what she said. I did not do it straight on because there's a couple of words that 
I kind of disagree on, uh, just from a teaching standpoint. But this is, I'm going to insert some things that she said, and I want to make sure you understand that this is not straight from Scripture. I'm inserting in parentheses <laughs> what she said to clarify. She said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them in invisible form, and you shall have them in visible form. You can receive things before you, rec before you see it. We do it all the time. We do it all the time in business. I can, I can get on my phone right now and order something from Amazon and believe I can receive it before I see it. Before I open the box, I know I can say, oh, yes, I have that. Why? Because I, I ordered it from Amazon. I'm talking about using God like Amazon, but it's just the best example I can think of. We, we receive things. You can, you can get confirmation to your email that that order has been received. And you can take that confirmation. And that is your evidence, as we studied last week from Hebrews 11, until it arrives. What things soever you desire when you pray, while it's in invisible form, believe that you receive it and you shall have it in its visible form. This is faith. This is faith. There's a difference between receiving and manifestation. And that's the teaching that I, I copied the notes from and modified them from Nancy Dufresne. I'm going to read it to you. Tanya has it. Um, and I have a few of the sheets left up here if it's something you want to take. Because you can't write all this down. But listen, you mind if I read? Can y'all stay awake while I read to you? I know it's Wednesday night, but y'all are good students. Receiving and manifestation are two different things. Receiving is dealing with your heart. Manifestation is dealing with the natural realm. Receiving is something you do with your heart. Before something from God manifests in the natural realm, it must first be received in your heart. That's why we can know on the inside of us that we have something before there's evidence of it in the natural realm. When you believe something, you are to then speak and act as much as possible what you believe. Don't write a hot check, okay? Because you believed it, you've received provision from God, okay? But as much as possible, you are to speak and to act what you believe. This is what transfers it from the unseen realm to the seen realm. It's called faith. Our answer exists in two forms. It's in its invisible form and it's in its visible form. Mark eleven twenty four is telling us to believe the answer is ours or belongs to us while it is in its invisible form. And when we do, God will cause it to come into its visible form because of what we believe. We could read Mark eleven twenty four as, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it in its invisible form, and you shall have it in its visible form. Before we receive what we need from God, we must perform the act of receiving. 
I liked that. I really liked that. If God's provided it, have you received it in your heart? Not have you seen it manifested, but do you believe what he said? I know this is deep, but it's in-depth by I put in, my, in, in the notes that I typed out, what is the act of receiving? How do we receive? We choose to believe. We choose to act and to speak like what we believe as much as possible. I think back at Karen Wilkins back here on the back row, one of our children's church pastors, and when she was paralyzed from the chest down, she would look at her toes as she laid in the bed and tell her toe to wiggle. That was her act of receiving. It didn't always wiggle. But she had received it in her heart and her body did respond. And she walked in here tonight. Many are waiting for God to drop their answer on them and he is waiting for them to perform the act of receiving so that he can cause it to manifest. Our part is to believe it with our hearts and confess it or to say it. Then God's part is to manifest it. I love this part. We can't manifest our answer. Only God can do that. Our part is to believe that at the time we prayed, he heard us and that our answer started moving towards us. If you start asking, when is it going to come? How is God going to do this? Then you're getting into God's part. Get out of God's part. Anything to do with the manifestation is God's part. Don't even touch his part, the manifestation, in your thoughts. Our part is to believe we receive it. As we do our part, God will always do his part. So instead of asking, when is this going to manifest and how is God going to do it, just go back to doing your part, which is to say, I believe I receive it. Man, that's, mm, that's good. If we need more of those, we'll get more of them because, you know, I can read it, but I'm telling you, I've had to read it three or four times a day, and I'm, I'm still getting happy over it. I, I, I thought it was excellent. Receiving is something you do by faith. You don't have to sense it with the five physical senses. You just have to receive it by faith. And so I, I love the whole manifestation, receiving difference. The word manifest out of the, the Strong's and the Greek concordances, it means to make visible. So when, when the prayer is answered in the in or or the authority that you've used is manifested when the tree withers and when it's manifested is when you can see it or sense it but the receiving part happens in the heart has nothing to do with the senses it's it's an act of faith choosing to believe no matter what you're seeing or no matter what you're feeling If we can sense it, if we can see it, if we can taste it, if we can smell it, if we can hear it, if we can touch it, then we don't need faith for it. So, so stop waiting to see it before you want to call it faith. Because that's just, it's not needed then. 
We need faith for what we do not yet sense. But yet it is promised. And, and I just want to hammer in on that, the act of receiving. God, your word said it. And if your word said it and you are not a man that you can lie, then I am choosing to receive it. And, and you've got to talk to your head. I mean, I have to talk to myself. When it looks like things are not going the way God's word says they should go, you've got to put that promise back up there, what God said, put his word back up there, and you push those words into your heart. And I do that by saying it, by reading it, by keeping it before me. Uh, make pictures or note cards or, or whatever you need to do of, of the scripture that's speaking to you, that God's using uh, the rhema word that he's given you for, for what you're going through, post it in front of your eyes. Uh, I'm, I'm always sending people visuals with a scripture on it because that it, it involves more of the senses, if you will, to see the word, to hear the word. And so you can encourage yourself that way.